bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. In developing our competencies in life, there are two options that will stand before us. Two main ways by which people seek to be experts. And we have to choose one of these two. And I'm going to describe those two ways to you. The first one is you can decide to be extensive. Extensive. I'm not saying extensive in the sense of the laws of physics, but in simple English. To be extensive means covering or affecting a wide area. It's like doing a hundred things ten times. You do a hundred things ten times. If you do a hundred things ten times, it means each one you have done probably, how much is it, ten? I don't know how to work the maths, please forgive me. But definitely, if you are doing a hundred things ten times, you are spreading a hundred over ten. Yes, you are achieving something. Now, for many of us, we study so many things, we know so many things, we have so much vast knowledge. And it's good to be extensive. It's good to do that because it gives you width. It gives you width. And it's good to have width. It means you can expand. You are extended. There are people who can speak on literally everything. They have an idea about everything. Extensive. The second option is to be intensive. Intensive means to be concentrated in a single area. It is like doing 10 activities a hundred times. 10 activities a hundred times. Not a hundred activities 10 times, but 10 activities you do them a hundred times. Now, if I do a hundred things 10 times, it means the width of it is 10. But the, or the depth of it is 10, but the width is 100. It means I've done so many things, but if you go deep, it's just 10. That's only the number of times I've done it. If I do 10 things 100 times, the width is very narrow. I haven't done so much, but if you go deep, it's 100. Now, you have to choose whether you want to be extensive or intensive. If you become extensive, you could be called an aspect of a sort. But if you become intensive, you are a master. And the people who are masters are the ones who go deeper with their skill, with the power and force of concentration. You have to concentrate your energy somewhere. People 
will judge you based on how they perceive you. But if you are intensive and very good with what you do, people forget your weakness. When I'm preaching, do you ever say, oh, but he doesn't, he's not good with mathematics. No. It's immaterial. Am I good in mathematics? No. But when I'm preaching, you forget I don't know mathematics. I don't know chemistry. I don't know physics. Chemistry is one of the most annoying subjects. <laughs> where you are mis mixing alphabets and numbers and X's. Two portions of chloro chlorine and I said, how, 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 how can anybody understand that? Who invented that? But for some people, chemistry is music. It just, they just flow. Chlorine, oxygen, hydrogen, bromine, potassium. <laughs> who, who brings, who comes up with these names? Molecules and, and binary combinations and all kinds of, what is that? Now when I'm preaching, do you, do you ever wonder, how much chemistry does Pastor Tabel know? No. Because I'm focusing. And you only judge me by my strength, not by my weakness. If we say, for example, Cristiano Ronaldo is the best footballer, which I know is a long debate, <laughs> but I think it's quite obvious. Uh, or we say, uh, Pele was the greatest footballer of all time, or Messi is the greatest footballer of all time, or Maradona is the greatest footballer of all time. All of them played in very similar positions. They, most of them were center forwards or somewhere up there in the front. They were not defenders, and they were not goalkeepers. Do you ever say, ah, but Ronaldo, can he be a good goalkeeper? No, because when he's playing, goalkeeping is not how we judge him. He may be the worst goalkeeper, but that is not the basis of judgment. Because when you develop your strength, nobody will judge you by your weakness. So you can say, oh, let me play forward a little, then let me go and goalkeep a little. Let me try goalkeeping. Let me try defense. Let me try this. Let me try that. Yeah, maybe if you do that, you may be a good assistant coach. Maybe you could be a good coach because you understand the whole field of play because most, a lot of coaches, not all of them, but a lot of coaches were not very good players. A few were good players, but most of them were not good players because they were generalists and they understand the whole field of play. But most of the people who end up as the greatest were specialists in one thing. And when they specialize, we judge them by their specialization. So the question is, are you going to try to be extensive? You know this a little, that a little, that a little, that a, I know how to bake a little, I know how to make clothes a little, I know how to do this a little, I know how to type a little, I know how to do this a little. Yeah, little, 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 you are little. <laughs> You're still little. A hundred things. Depth, 10. But you say, I'm gonna focus. I'm going to focus on my cooking and I'm going to go deep with this. 
And people, somebody one day is going to say, the greatest chef, they wouldn't say the greatest chef who failed at mathematics. No. Because mathematics will not be used to judge you, neither any other thing except your area of emphasis. That's why Paul says, one thing I do. One thing. If people are going to judge me, they won't judge me by how I set up a university or did this or did that or that. They will judge. Everybody's going to say, Pastor Tabel is a preacher, a teacher of the Bible. That's all. I mean, I may do a thousand different things, but that's how I'm going to be judged. That's it. Not whether he was bishop or archbishop or pope or canon or... Titles don't matter. What did you do? You're not going to judge Ronaldo because he was captain of Portugal. That's immaterial. How many times he played for, play for Portugal? No. It's his contribution directly on the field of play. That's how you are judged. So instead of accumulating titles, focus on your game. Focus on your game. Score the goal, my friends. Let's hear what Jesus said about this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. But let me just say this though. Masters, most of the time, don't have much width, but they have great depth because they are specialists. Have you noticed that in every field of study, you start general and as you go higher, you specialize? What you do at your bachelor's, if you did human resource as a first degree, BSc, administration, human resource, you go master's, you have to specialize. You go to your PhD, you even have to specialize more. And if you do any further study beyond that, you have to now micro-specialize because the higher you go, the more you specialize. That's how the world works. Now, there are a few people, and don't easily count yourself among them. You know, because many of us think we are one of the few. You are not. You are the general. <laughs> there are a few people on this, in this world who are able to specialize in more than one area and be masters in more than one area. Only a few. i give you an example. David was a specialist, a master musician and a master fighter. Two very opposite skills, but he mastered both. Composed profusely, wrote sublime music, and still could fight. Most people who, who fight can't music. You know, but he could music and fight at the same time. You can find people like Leonardo da Vinci who could do many things at the same time. They are exceptional, few and extremely far between. As a matter of fact, as the world has developed, generalists are disappearing. It's very difficult in this world, as it is now, to be master in two fields. Very difficult. Very difficult. So don't try it. 
Are you David? Are you Da Vinci? Don't try it. And even if you want to try, say, well, I want to be master in two fields, then be master in one and be so well acknowledged before you are the other. But if you want to do the two at the same time, you will diffuse your effectiveness and efficiency. Say, Lord, give me the hand of a master. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. A short statement of Jesus, but we're going to draw something out of it. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. That's all. So there are two distances mentioned here, one mile and two miles. There are people I call one mile people. One mile people. Who are one mile people? One mile people go where they are compelled to go. They do what they are told to do. They are the one mile people. They are compelled to go one mile, they go one mile. They do their work as their duty. They don't go beyond the call of duty. At best, they comply with laid down regulations, but they never initiate anything new. They don't create or innovate on the job. They never suggest new ways of doing their job. They are one mile people. If you tell them, sit here and answer telephone calls. And when you answer, say, hello, this is XYZ office. Uh, what can I do for you? That's all they would do. Pick the phone. Hello, this is ABC office. What can I do for you? Hello. Pretty soon a computer would replace them. Believe me, computers are more efficient. They're better one mile less than us. But people who are one mile people go where they are compelled to do, to go. They do their work as their duty. They work to meet minimum requirements. They don't want stress. They don't want stress. They don't, I, as for me, I don't like anything to worry me. I don't like stress. They, they, they just want life to be nice, no stress. So they meet minimum requirements. They take all the boxes, but never pressurize themselves to do anything extra. If the pass mark is 50, that's all they're going to aim for. They don't sacrifice for anything. They don't pay the price for excellence. One mile people. One mile people. And one mile people work just to earn their wages. All they aim at is to ensure that they are paid and once they get paid, they don't even wonder whether their work has been productive or not. One mile people think that they work to do their boss a favor. When one mile people work with you, they think they are doing you a favor for, by working. And they will say, oh, I've, I've, work, I've worked with you for so many years. And they never ask, have I been productive? Sometimes people don't even know that they are tolerated. And they are being handled on humanitarian grounds. But they think, just because they show up, they are contributing. <laughs> have you ever asked your supervisor, your boss, 
Am I really contributing to this work? Have you ever asked that question? Do you really think you are contributing? Some of you are being paid on humanitarian grounds. That's the only reason why you earn salary because people don't want to fire you because of the repercussions for your children and your children's children. So they keep you on the job. Do you know the number of times many managements keep people on the job and say, you know, he's not doing well, but it's all right, keep him, you know. Don't overestimate yourself. One mile people, they do what they are told to do. They don't add much to the work. They don't bring much value to the work. They work for their salary. Payday is a big day for them. They start waiting for payday before payday. That's one mile people. They only do what they are compelled to do. You will never get anything else from them. If you tell him jump 10 times, you will jump 10. And when he finishes, he has 10 minutes left, but he'll stop. You say, oh, but there's 10 more minutes. Why can't you jump more? But you say, I should jump 10. I'll finish. The extra time, what are you doing? I don't know what to do. Or they go to the office, they finish an assignment, and they're sitting down. Why? Well, I finished the work. Nothing else to do? Well, you didn't give me anything to do. One mile people. One mile people will be charitably taken care of. But they will never be masters. If you want to be a master, you have to be a two-mile person. A two-mile person. So who are the two-mile people? Two-mile people go beyond where they are compelled to go. They look for ways to exceed expectation. Jesus says if you are compelled to go one mile, go two miles. Exceed expectation. They work in line with their personal goals. Not what they are compelled to do, but their personal goals. Now, what I'm compelled to do as a pastor is to stand here every Sunday and for 45 minutes or so talk. I'm compelled to do I have to be here every Sunday and I have to say something. Now, that's what I'm compelled to do. I can decide to come and stand here and chat with you and talk about my life and my wife and my children and what's going on and laugh with you and make you say amen and be happy and go home. I fulfill what I'm compelled to do. You haven't compelled me on how much I should put into what I say. That's not what you've compelled me to do. That has to be based on my own personal goals. So two mile people get to a job, but they have a goal beyond what they are compelled to do. They have their own personal goal. Can you imagine if you employ somebody who is an accountant and his personal goal is to be the number one accountant in Ghana? Can you imagine how he will work in your office? To be very different from somebody who said, I was told to come and do the, uh, this and I'll finish. 
to, I want to be the greatest accountant. I want to be a master accountant. I want to be a master in my area. Their personal goal will make them go beyond what you have compelled them to do. Two mile people work with personal goals. We are not sure how David developed his skills. His job is to take care of sheep. That's what he's compelled to do, take care of sheep. Make sure they are safe. That does not include run after lions and bear. It doesn't include that. If David is taking care of sheep and a lion comes and he says, hey, 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 let's be safe. Okay, take one and, and leave the rest. He would have fulfilled his expectation one mile. That's what he's expected to do. But whilst he's taking care of the lions, he decided, I'm going to develop my stone throwing skills so that the next time a lion comes, I'm going to drive him away and kill him. That is not based on his job description. It's based on his personal goals. He's going beyond job description. They work in line with their personal goals. They work to express their potential. Instead of meeting, meeting minimum requirements, they want to express their potential. They want to showcase what is in them. They seek to actualize their potential through their work. Two-mile people. They put themselves under pressure to produce stellar quality. And where one-mile people work to earn salary, two-mile people work to earn respect. They want to make a name with their work. They want to be valued for their contribution. They want people to look at their work and say, wow, this is outstanding. That is their salary. It doesn't mean they don't want to be paid. Yes, they want to be paid. But what really motivates them is making a name. Making a name. You, if you want to be a master, you start from when you are young. And everywhere you are, you must have a master's attitude. The hand of a master. And the beginning point is you must be a two-mile person. Something beyond your salary must drive you. Something beyond your job description must drive you. Something beyond the minimum must drive you. If you go and check the practices of all those who become extraordinary, apart from the natural gift they have, Look at how much time they invest in the development of their skill. The hours, the nights, the days that they develop their skills. They don't work for minimum. They work for potential. So, what are you a master of? What are you a master of? You may not have reached the end of mastery, but what are you aiming to be a master of? You want to be a master negotiator? You want to be a master coach, master mentor? Master HR person? Master financial analyst? 
master salesman, saleswoman? Do you want people to say, if nobody can sell it, give it to him, he will sell it. If no one can solve it, give it to him, he will solve it. If no one can play it, give it to him, he will play it. If no one can do it, give it to her, she will do it. What is it in this world that people will look at you and say, if no one can do it, give it to her and she will do it. If there is nothing like that in your life, then there is great room for improvement. And by the way, it doesn't even take education necessarily to do that. In my own view, attitude overrides education. That's, that's my thinking. Attitude overrides education. Because anything can be learned by anyone who dares to learn it. Anything can be learned by anyone who dares to, especially if they already have the aptitude for it. And it's in line with their strength, they can learn it. You may not have technical, formal training, but you can rise to the top in your field. You can be the best there is. So from the beginning, you may not want to be the best in the world, but why don't you be the best in Kokumlimle? Why don't you be the best in Islegon? Why don't you be the best in Accra, the best in Ghana, the best in Ecowas, the best in Africa, the best in the world? It's a journey. But there must be something you are doing that people all over the world would say, if it fails, go and give it to her. If anybody can do it, it must be him. If nobody can do it, I know that lady. She's in a corner in that little home there, but she can solve this problem. When people make that testimony of you, you are a master. You are a master. And that is what God has called us to do. To have the heart of a servant and the hand of a master. God bless you. Amen. Well, why don't you lift up your hands to God and talk to God for a moment. Let's pray and say, Lord, help me to be a master. Help me. A master in this field. A master in this area. I want people to look at me and say, he can do it. I want people from all over the world to search for me. Invitations from all over the world looking for me. Because I am a master in this field. I'm a master with words. I'm a master with information. I'm a master with computer programming. I'm a master with this football. I'm a master with dressmaking. I'm a master with making hair. I'm a master with fashion design. I'm a master with cosmetics. I'm a master in this area. Talk to God and say, Lord, I want to be a master. I want to be a master. I want to be a master. I don't only want to be a servant, but in addition to being a servant, I want to be a master. I want to be a master. 
I want to be a master. I pray, Father, that in this house, you raise up masters, masters, masters of their game, masters in their field, masters, Lord, people who will rise and be extraordinary, people who don't extend themselves but are intensive and they are known and marked for something. May you raise up masters in all fields and as people have desired, grant them the heart like Paul to know how to forget the things that are behind and push on to the upward things that you have called them to. Create in us the spirit of the master. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otterbill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.